this podcast from Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Before Christmas last year, it sounds a long time ago now, doesn't it? As things we're we're hitting barbecue weather at last, and we're hitting shorts weather. That's good and bad in equal measure, depending on. I'm not making a, I'm not making a judgment on it. Somebody said to me this morning, "Why aren't you preaching in shorts?" Like, never mind what it'll do to you. I wouldn't be comfortable in it. So, so, I, so I'm not. You're probably pleased to know. But anyway, just before Christmas last year, I had a day in London. Uh, with uh, a guy called Steve Tibbetts. Now, Steve leads one of the largest churches in New Frontiers, King's Church London, based in Catford and South East London. Uh, gather well over a thousand across multiple sites in South East London every week. And uh, he's an excellent leadership coach. And uh, I was there primarily to talk with him about the shape and structure of Christ's central churches. The, the part of New Frontiers that, that we're part of and I serve on the team for. And um, so we, we spent some time talking about Christ Central and just the shape of how we did things together and some structural things. And he's brilliant at all that sort of stuff. And there was sort of writing stuff on his whiteboard and just helping us to understand some way forward. It was great. But then in the afternoon, we, we went on to talk more about local churches and uh, how we can serve local churches well, and also the importance uh, of local churches clearly understanding what their vision is, what their mission is, uh, and how to structure some things, and how to encourage growth. And um, we just looked at all these things together, and particularly we spent some time looking at, uh, at one of the churches that we work with uh, in Manchester, but I sat there thinking, you know what, I'm just learning lots here. Everybody in a meeting like that, you're thinking, I'm just learning loads. And so I, I was taking some notes and I came back on the train uh, that evening thinking, actually, I wasn't there particularly for Jubilee Derby, but actually found that I came away with loads of things that were very helpful to us uh, as a local church. I found it provoking and encouraging, probably in equal measure. And uh, there was starting me thinking about uh, a number of things uh, across church life for us. And uh, so I began some work on a strategy document, which we've been looking at as a leadership team and sort of looking at different areas of church life and uh, bringing some fresh vision and direction to different things. And we're asking God, how can we improve what we do together? How can we improve what's already do what already God is doing, and already we're seeing great fruits in? And how can we help bring more life and energy to that? And for areas in which we're struggling, how can we reshape things and uh, move things forward in order to improve things? And it's worth saying that it's not just to make things better for us, but rather in order that we might be more effective at reaching more people for Christ. Okay, so we need to understand that's the heart of it. Okay, so it's not just the thing, make sure things work well for us, though I do want things to work well for us, but also in order that we can be more effective in the mission that God has given us. Because I want us to be effective, don't you? We want to be reaching lots of people for Jesus. We want to be communicating the good news of the gospel to as many people as we can 
as well as we can and helping people find a way into a church community where they can grow and understand all that God has for them. I'm sure that's on your heart as much as it is mine. And so we began looking at some of these things uh, as a leadership team. We've been looking at what God has been saying to us recently, prophetically, and also how we're going to get there. And, you know, it's great to be in a setting where if somebody says to me, you know, what sort of things is God saying to you as a church at the moment? You know, I've got a pretty long list. You know, just in a, just, just this year, you know, we've been privileged to have our friends from Horsham with us. We had Jeremy Ann, and Ann Simpkins with us for a weekend as well. And even on, on those two particular weekends, God, we, God was speaking very clearly to us. And he was re-emphasising some things that he said to us before and enlarging it and, and encouraging us on the journey. And when that happens prophetically, you don't just sit back and think, well, this is great. Now I'll just sit back and watch God do it all. But rather, it's to inspire us, to help encourage us into what God has got for us. And so we need to sit back and say, not, Lord, okay, we'll just watch you do it all now. But rather, how can we give our energy and time and all that we have into what God has for us? And so that's why we've been looking at some of these things. And one example would be the changes that we're making in terms of serving visitors as well as we can. People often say to me, hey, this is a friendly church. And I think it is. So I want to say well done for making Jubilee a friendly church because that's something that we all do together, that, that, you, that you do. But as well as being friendly and welcoming, and it's not just the, the, the guys with the green badges that do that, but it is indeed all of us, we want to serve people well, help them connect into church life, help them find their place to serve and grow as a Christian, or if they're still asking questions about faith, help them on that journey of faith in order they might discover who they are in Christ and all that God has for them. We're that well, don't we? Yeah. And so that's why we're thinking, okay, we can do a bit better on this. We've done, we've done okay, but we can do better. We can maybe change the way we serve coffee. We can put some seats out that just for our guests and we're saying, hey, if you're here for the first time or you're just looking in, don't worry about queuing, we want to serve you well in order that we can help you find your place uh, in, in church life and, and help you grow in all that God has for you. So that's why we're making these sort of changes. And I guess if you're anything like me, and some of you might be, change isn't always easy. Is that fair? Sometimes it's like, oh, it's a bit uncomfortable. I mean, even the seats that we can't sit in this morning because of the, the slightly leaky roof, and uh, we were going to have lots of prophetic words about rain, and I wanted to sing Let It Rain, and we nearly had some practical demonstrations of it. <laughs> but even now, you think you come in and thinking, oh no, I don't always sit there, I've got to find somewhere else. And you're thinking immediately, oh, it's, it's change, it's different. Sometimes we don't always respond well to change. But friends, I want to encourage us, me included here, let's embrace change for the sake of serving people well, and reaching more people for Christ. That's a good reason to embrace change, is it not? Amen. You agree? Amen. Excellent. Okay. So that's just one example, then, the way we uh, serve guests and, uh, and visitors as well. And we're reviewing all sorts of areas of church life and asking the question, how can we improve? How can we move this forward? How, how can we uh, you know, respond to what God is saying to us? Another example would be our leadership team. 
And um, as elders, John and Ray and I have begun to meet with what we're calling our wider leadership team. And uh, this is a group of key leaders of men and women from different areas of church life who are passionate for God, passionate about his church, and carry significant responsibility in the life of Jubilee. And we're meeting together every couple of months. We're worshipping and praying together. Uh, We're looking at some different things uh, as we go and uh, seeking to not only encourage one another, but also help the areas of church life that, that we're responsible for. And separately, uh, as elders, we're also meeting with a group of guys uh, that we're calling our Elders Plus group and saying, you know, are any of, the, any of these guys, uh, you know, is God calling them into eldership in, in this season? And I can look around the church and I can see lots of people that God is working in and growing and they're stepping up in leadership and taking responsibility. And I think that's so exciting. And uh, we want to play our part in helping encourage that and bless that and respond to what God is doing. We've really just begun that process and obviously we'll let you know how it goes over time. And uh, another area that we've begun to look at and spend some time on is our, is our vision as a church. And for those of you who are a bit worried that I haven't actually looked, opened my Bible yet and talked about that, we will do it in a second, okay, so you can find it and we'll open some scripture together in a moment. But we've begun to look at what our vision is as a church. Now, preachers often quote a particular verse when it comes to the subject of vision. You'll often hear preachers quote, without vision the people perish. You may have heard it spoken of. Actually, if I'm honest, preachers often misquote that, 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 that verse. Um, but if you look at it, uh, back in the King James Version, it's Proverbs 29, verse 18. You can uh, look it up if you like to, Proverbs 29, 18. The King James Version says, where there is no, ver- no vision, the people perish. Which is where you get the, the quote from, that, that people use without vision, the people perish. So where there is no vision, the people perish. I think a better translation is the ESV. It's a more uh, modern translation. And it says this, Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. And the footnote to the text says this. An alternative translation, alternative reading is rather than cast off restraint, is the people are discouraged. So you can read it like this. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people are discouraged. But blessed is he who keeps the law. The verse finishes off. So I really like that translation. I think that really gets to the heart of what it's saying. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people are discouraged. And it reminds us of the importance of prophetic vision. It's something that is God-given and God-honouring. I.e., who gets the glory out of it? He does. Where does it come from? It comes from him. So I, I love that. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people are discouraged. So that's a reminder to us of the importance of knowing what God has spoken to us about. Friends, I think it's night for your own life. It's night for you. What's God saying to you right now? But also we need to night for us as a community, us as a church family together. What's the prophetic vision that God's speaking to us about at the moment? Bill Hybels says that vision is a leader's most potent weapon. 
And he goes on to say, vision is a picture of the future that produces passion. Some great quotes there, aren't they? And I want to spend, I'm guessing it's probably going to be today and also next Sunday, I don't think we'll get through it all today, looking at what our vision is as a church. And some of you might be thinking, oh, I've heard this all before. I want to ask you, please don't switch off and think you've heard it all before, because I feel God's spoken some new things to us. It's not that we're by any means ditching what we've been going for before, but rather I think God is bringing some fresh clarity to what it is that he has for us as a church community, as a family in this season. So I think we'll spend the remainder of our time this morning, and I'm guessing next week, looking at this subject together. And if you're just looking and thinking, oh, this is a bit of an unusual message, well, we don't often do this, but probably we need to do it more often because we need to be reminded of these things. It's interesting, if you read through the book of Nehemiah, this is probably one of uh, John's favourite books, mine is Acts, is Nehemiah, I think. (laughs) And if you read through Nehemiah, you'll find that Nehemiah brings great visions to the people about rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem. But after about a month, I just start to get, you know, a bit fed up with it. And he needs to bring fresh vision and encouragement to them. And uh, Rick Warren talks about it being, he calls it the Nehemiah principle. You need to restate vision every month. Because it's like you have it in a bucket that leaks. (laughs) And it's easy to forget what it is. And you know what? I guess there's some truth in that. Because for for most of us, I'd imagine we we live busy lives. There's lots going on in our home life or our work life or where we study or just where we are. And, and then we're involved in a church community as well. It's not a bad thing to be reminded of what's important to us, what we're going for, what God has spoken to us. And that's what Nehemiah had to do with the people after about a month. had to restate what it was they were going for and re-energise and encourage the people afresh so that they were able to finish the job. And so actually for us to look at this every now and then is not a bad thing. And if, indeed, if you're here as a guest this morning, you're just looking and thinking, well, I wonder what Jubilee is all about. Actually, it's a pretty good Sunday for you to be here because you'll get to hear actually what it is that we're all about. So for some time, we've said that our vision uh, is to be a church that loves God, loves one another, loves those who don't know Jesus yet, serves the city and reaches nations. And we've had those five things. If you like, a, our priorities, I guess, is the best description of them. So love God, love one another, love those who don't know Jesus yet, to serve the city and to reach nations. And I love that list. You know, I've preached into it countless times. And I think it describes some things that are important to us. But I guess as I've been praying recently, I felt that there are perhaps more statements of priority or more about our values than they are a vision statements. Now, I guess you might be part of a, a business or an organisation, be it a school or, or another company, where as you go into the foyer, you can, you can imagine it, I, I guess, you go in and there be, behind the reception desk is the vision statement of that organisation or your school or your university or, or your, your business. And there it is in the foyer for everybody to see. But pretty much that's all that ever happens with it. Nobody talks about it. It doesn't really reflect the, the culture or the, uh, uh, what goes on in the organisation. But it's there, you know, in, in, you know engraved upon a uh, nice piece of glass or, 
or something that is there in the, in the foyer for everybody to see, but doesn't really do any good. I don't want our vision statement just to be something that is stuck on a website or stuck in a foyer somewhere, but doesn't actually mean anything. But rather, I want it to describe the sort of church that we want to be. I want it to be something that's living and uh, indeed God is continually breathing upon. And so I've been trying to come up with a sentence that summarises what it is that God is speaking to us about. And uh, we've spent some time as a staff team looking at this. We've spent some time as a leadership team looking at it. And uh, we batted around all sorts of different versions. And uh, it was an exciting process and uh, an encouraging process. And I guess whenever you try and distill something like this, there are always things you think, but it doesn't say this. And my, uh, I, I guess what I've come to learn is that you can't say everything in one sentence. You can't say everything in one sentence, unless it's a very long one. But then you never remember a very long one, so actually it doesn't do any good. And so what, after some considerable prayer and work, we've got a particular sentence and phrase that we feel describes the sort of church that we want Jubilee to be, that God is speaking to us about at the moment. And it's got a lot of similarity with those five values that I shared with you. Because it's not that God is calling us to anything different, but rather I think there's some things he's underlining to us at the moment. So here we are. So we'll come up on the screen, I think, in a moment. Here we are. We want Jubilee to be a vibrant community, shaped by the Spirit, equipped by the Word, and sent to the nations. Okay? We want Jubilee to be a vibrant community, shaped by the Spirit, equipped by the Word, and sent to the nations. And what I'd like to do, uh, both this week and next, is to unpack that a little bit and explain to us together why we believe that's important and what God is saying to us through it. And uh, that's what we're going to do this week and next, to talk about that, and uh, just to spend some time looking at those different words, what they mean, and what God is speaking to us about. Okay? So does that make sense? We want Jubilee to be a vibrant community, shaped by the Spirit, equipped by the Word, and sent to the nations. And I'm guessing it isn't too long, you could probably remember it. Don't worry, there won't be a test. This is not like Sunday school where it's a memory verse. It's okay. (laughs) But I expect over time it will be something that is living uh, with us as we talk about it lots. So let's pray and we'll look at some scripture together. You'll be pleased to know. And we'll look at this uh, statement uh, together. At least we'll make a start looking at it and seeing what God is speaking to us about. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you this morning for this church community, this family that we call Jubilee. Thank you for all that you've done in us over the years. And thank you for all that is ahead of us as well. And God, we pray that as we spend these moments today and next week looking at this vision statement, looking at what it is you're speaking to us about in this season, God, I pray for all of us it'll be something that comes alive in our hearts and that you are breathed upon by your Spirit. God, we pray that you'd be speaking to us now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Is my water down there, babe?
Okay, so let's look at this together then. And this is a bit of an unusual preach because I guess my preferred method of preaching is to take a passage of scripture and to work our way through it. Large like we've been doing with this series in Colossians that's uh, just finished last Sunday. Dave wrapped it up uh, wonderfully last Sunday. And you, if you missed any of those, those uh, sermons, you can download them off the website. And I guess that's my default uh, way of preaching is to take a passage and preach through it. But I feel it's important to preach into this and we'll look at some scripture together that helps us to understand what God is speaking to us about. So the first word here that's worth spending some time on, don't all say you haven't talked about A, is vibrant. Vibrant. Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came, they may have a life and have it abundantly. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Life in Jesus should be something that is dynamic, vibrant, full of life and indeed abundant. Do you agree? I've come that you might have life. You see, Jesus wants us to have life and have it abundantly. And this, I believe, is true of us as individuals, but it's also true for us together as a church family as well. We want Jubilee to be a vibrant place, indeed a growing place. Growing would be an, another word that I guess would be, be included in this, full of life and somewhere where you want to be. I would guess, I mean, I want to be part of a church like that. I'm assuming that you'd rather be part of a church like that, where there's vibrancy and life and passion and excitement and it's growing and God is at work. Don't you want to be part of a church like that? Well, I think that's the sort of church that vibrance describes. If you think about it, let's go back to this theme of, of abundance for just a second. Everything that Jesus did was full of abundance. I mean, think about some of the miracles that he did for just a moment. Water into wine. I mean, there was lots of it. And it was good wine, it seems, as well. Because, you know, the the comment is, why have you saved the best wine until last? It wasn't just some cheap plonk, if I can use that word. You know, it was was fine wine, it seems, that the water Jesus turned, turned into. There was abundance in it. Think about feeding the 5,000. Actually, Scripture recalls that Jesus fed 5,000 men. So you can make an assumption that there were women and children there as well. You're probably looking at a crowd of 15,000, 20,000 people. That wouldn't be unreasonable to, to assume that. And Jesus feeds them. And uh, not only does he feed them, not only is there just about enough to go round, but we're told... And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of, of stuff that was left over at the end, after everyone had had their fill. I, mean, I just love the story. I love the account. I mean, imagine what it would be like to be a disciple on that day. You know, you've got a little kid's pat lunch. Jesus says, feed this crowd. You're thinking, Lord, I, I've seen you do some stuff, but I think you've lost the plot now. Have you not seen this crowd? Have you not seen the size of this Tupperware box? Well, it might have been Tupperware. And that, the size of this pat lunch, you know, a few loaves and fishes. That's all it is, Lord. Feed the crowds. 
And so Jesus breaks it, gives it to his disciples, and then they go and feed the crowd. And I guess they put it in a bag, maybe. And uh, you can just imagine, can't you? To start with, the first person the disciples fed, I bet they got a tiny little bit. I bet they got a crumb. It's like, there you go. <laughs> oh, look in the bag. Oh, still, still some there. Second person, a crumb. They're like, great, thanks a lot. I'll come back for seconds. And then after a few people, as the disciples break this food, they're thinking, hang on a minute. I seem to have got as much here as I started with. So maybe they went back and went, hey, <laughs> got a little bit more now. And they go to the next people and they start to break off chunks. And they look in the back and there's still enough here. There's an abundance here. And you can imagine them going around the crowd and by the end of it, I can imagine them taking huge chunks of bread and fish and just being generous and abundant with what they're handing out because there's just loads there. And there's so much there that 12 basketfuls is left over at the end. When Jesus does something, He's not stingy and miserly. We serve a God of abundance. And Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. With great joy and passion and vibrancy. That's the sort of place I want Jubilee to be. Don't you agree? You see, I, I do believe that Christians should be the happiest people on the planet. Don't you? Some of you even look like you might be the happiest people on the planet. Let me read some scripture to you and explain what I mean. Psalm 16, verse 11. You have made known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. Psalm 66, verse 1. Shout for joy to God all the earth. Psalm 71 verse 23 My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you my soul also which you have redeemed. Psalm 95 verse 2 Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Psalm 100 verse 1 Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Galatians 5 22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Now listen, I know that we all go through testing times. Please, for a moment, don't hear what I'm not saying. I know that all of us face situations in our lives that are just tough. You might even right now be going through a really hard situation. I understand that. I'm not for one moment saying that isn't real. And I'm any sense of unreality in it. All that I am suggesting is that our relationship with God should give us a deep joy that we find in him that isn't satisfied in anything or anyone else. Because it comes from within. It's something that God does. Fruit of the Spirit, friends, you know this. Fruit of the Spirit is what the Holy Spirit works through us. It's Him at work in us. He is the one that makes us more joyful. He is the one that gives us peace. He is the one that gives us patience and kindness. As we become more like Jesus, we we have more of those things in our lives. It's not that you try and be more joyful. It's not that you wake up and think, God, well, Graham talked about being joyful. I suppose I'd better be happy today. It's not about that. It's about, as you get closer to Jesus, you become more like him. 
And as you allow the Holy Spirit to work through your life, that fruit comes. And I would suggest God wants it to come in abundance. I don't think that's unreasonable. So therefore, our gatherings, our time together, even like this morning, should be characterised by joy and vibrancy and celebration and rejoicing. Yes, I know there are times of laments. I know there are times when, actually, even together, there's times of mourning. I understand that. But that's not how it should be all the time. Actually, God wants us to be in understanding and receiving his joy, his celebration, his abundance, his goodness, his faithfulness. As we understand that, as we receive it, that does something in our hearts, doesn't it? Yeah, that does something in us. As, as we experience more of his presence, as we experience more of his joy, that does something in us and we're able to live in the good of it. So actually, I think being a vibrant, you could have joyful or um, abundance in there as well, but I think the the word that summarises it, uh, it, perhaps the best, is, is a vibrant community, a vibrant church full of life and joy and abundance and God's presence. But at the same time, caring for, loving and serving those who are not in that place right now. This that is just as important. And a vibrant, full of joy, loving church serves and loves people who aren't in that place as well. Because the reality is, we'll all be in that place at some point. You might be in it right now. If you haven't been in it ever before, you will be in it at some point. (laughs) And I'm not prophesying doom, it's just life. We go through stuff. And so we need to be loving and caring and serving those who are not in that place right now. Not by saying, come on, be joyful, (laughs) but rather encouraging, loving, praying for, supporting, and also pointing to Jesus for people who aren't in that place right now. Because actually, it's only in him that we find joy. It's only in him that we find security. It's only in him that we find peace. Because anything else is temporary, isn't it? Anything else comes and goes. Anything else won't last. Actually, it's in him that we find these things. And it's only with him, allowing him to work in us, that we will be a vibrant and full of life community. Because it's by his spirit. Now, I'm aware of the time, and I don't think I'm going to start another one because we'll get halfway through and then have to stop. So I think what I'd like us to do, if the band can come back up, please, is we're going to worship as we finish our time together. And Adam's going to pick a great song. Something vibrant. Songs, if you like. (laughs) And I want to next week go and talk about what it means to be community together, what it means to be family. Because what we're not doing is building a meeting. What we're not doing is just building a gathering. 
meetings and gatherings help us, what we're doing is building a community, building a family. And to steal some notes from next week, (laughs) as you read through the New Testament, you find that people responded to the gospel, they were saved, and straight away they were added. They were added into? They were added into a vibrant, passionate, full of life community. And so actually our gatherings are important. I love, I love things like this. I love our small groups. I love Sunday celebrations. I love opportunities to gather together. But we're not building to a meeting. Meetings are to help us. What we're building is family. What we're building is community. And we want that community to be full of life and full of the Holy Spirit and to honour Jesus together. Does that sound good? So let's stand together. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to finish by our time together this morning by worshipping the Lord together. So I'm going to out your way, Susan. Sorry about that. I'm taking over the stage here. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God of abundance. And thank you that you have abundantly poured out your goodness upon us. Lord, we can only gather this morning, we only come this morning, we can only stand here in your presence because of your abundant goodness to us, because of your faithfulness and your generosity to us, because you have called us into relationship with yourself and made it all possible. Lord, it's nothing that we've done, it's all that you have done. And so we thank you this morning that you are a generous and abundant God. And we pray, Lord, that um, Jubilee would be a community of people that is full of life, full of abundance and vibrancy, and able to take that into the city and the towns that we love and serve, in order that we might introduce others into your abundant goodness and the vibrancy that we find in life with you. Lord, we say this morning, we don't want to keep this for ourselves. We want to give it away. (laughs) And so help us to be good at giving away all that you have done in us, all that you are doing through us. We say, Lord, may we bring life to others. May we be those who, when we turn up into a situation or a room, that we bring life and we bring goodness and we bring vibrancy, not because of what is about us, but because of what you are doing in us. Lord, may we be carriers of great joy. May we be carriers of vibrant life because you have spoken to us, you have called us and you have filled us with your spirit. So we pray even this week, would we bring life and abundance and vibrancy and goodness into every situation we find ourselves in, into our workplaces, into our home places, into the places we go to shop, we go to relax and to be with our friends. We say, God, let there be abundant and vibrant life in that because of what you are doing in us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship. Sunday morning.